Hi church, thank you for joining me today. We're going to have a wonderful time tonight. We're going to be hearing from Eddie Gilbert and we're going to hear his testimony later on in just a few minutes time from now. But before then, I'd like to just take a moment and honor somebody who had just passed away in her church just a few days ago. Geneva Webb is one of our long-standing members, one of probably one of our oldest members we had in the church. But uh, I was able to be part of her funeral celebration today and yesterday. And it was a great time to just think about her and her life and, and the, how she lived it. And I want just to take just a moment to pay tribute to her because of how she lived her life. I'd like to share a few thoughts I shared today at the celebration service about her. You see, in the Bible, the Lord tells us that He takes uh, great delight and precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. When I thought about that words, how the Lord finds His saints passing away a delight or how precious in sight are the deaths of the saints, I wondered why. And I think about it, someone who's really lived their life for Christ and has given their life over to Him and each day has witnessed or shared Jesus with people and showed the love of Christ to the, their friends, their family, and different people they've come in contact with. I realize that when the Lord's child comes home, he gets great delight in welcoming his child home, the ones that have been faithful to him. There's great joy in heaven. But also, it reminds us that they lived a life worthy to be called a saint of God that they did change people's lives, that they did influence people in such a way that other people have been brought to faith and they can leave a legacy of Christianity behind them. And God takes the delight in that, that they, they lived it and they finished the race well and because of that they could be called a saint of the Lord or someone who's really in love with Jesus. Second of all, I think for us, when we hear those words, it also reminds us that we were blessed by those people uh, that it is a precious moment when the Lord calls his child home because that means that person lived a life that influenced our lives as well. And so I think that's what all Christians, those who really truly are following the Lord, those that we might call, we say the word saints, those who just are in the Lord and loves the Lord and lives a life that reflects that, I think they all want to share with us kind of that thought process that it's, it's a time and place in their life and they're about to prepare to die, that they want to uh, remind us that they had run a race, that they fought a fight, and they finished the course, and now they're going to be with the Lord, and that they want us to join them. We find those words in 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 8, as Apostle Paul is talking to young Timothy, and he's about to, about to lose his life, and so he knows this, and so he writes to Timothy and says, Timothy, let me give you a word of instruction. This is what he says. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, which is which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on the day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. In that passage of scripture, we learn that Timothy is hearing from Paul, and Paul says, Hey, I have fought the good fight. What's that mean is that a saint of the Lord doesn't just lay back and let the world kind of just take place around them or drift through life. They approach life in such a way that they're living for Jesus with intentionality. That they are going through the stripes and the joy and the heartaches and, the, and all, the, all the things that comes about of living a faithful life in Christ and doing it with diligence and with purpose. 
And so when you say someone says, I fought the good fight, it means that they got into that battle uh, that the Lord says to get into, the battle against Satan and the enemies and the princes of the air and, and living out a life that says, I'm going to instruct my family. I'm going to love on the people around me. I'm going to be able to proclaim Christ in such a way that I can bring, bring glory and honor to God. So they fight the good fight. They also, Paul says, I finished the race. And he completed it. His race was to get to be in the presence of the Lord and to be with Him forever. And saints of God do that. They keep their eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith, and they keep their minds set upon eternal things, not earthly things. In the same passage of Scripture, it says, I've kept the faith. And I'm telling you what, uh, Geneva did that quite well. Her faith did not waver. And so when I was thinking about Geneva and honoring her, her faith did not waver at all, even to her last days. And Geneva lived to be quite uh, uh, old. Uh, you know, she lived a long life. And, and she kept her faith. She didn't waver. And that's a great testimony for you and for me. Also, Paul says, I will receive a crown of righteousness which was laid up and will be given to me by Jesus. I like the word laid up. It means that it's already been there for us. That the, the craftsmen of heaven are making a crown that's specially fitted for all the saints that love Jesus, that finishes the course, fights the good fight, that there's a crown waiting specifically made for them, custom made for them, not someone else's crown, but the crown of righteousness for them that has been borne out because the Lord has worked in them and through them, and they live the life that's claimed the truth that they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they live the life that matched that as well. And so there's a crown that will be given to them by their Savior, Jesus Christ. And then the end of this passage of Scripture is really the heartbeat of all saints. So what the same heartbeat Geneva would have if she could talk to you today. She would say, come join me. Come be where I'm at when it's your time, when you run your race, when you fight the good fight, when your time is done. The words of Paul again says, Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on the day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And so... There is a call from, from all the saints saying, please join me. Please love Jesus. Live a life. Fight the good fight. Lay up your treasures in heaven. Finish the race. I would like to say to you about this whole idea about going to heaven. You can't get to heaven by your good works. You can't get to heaven by uh, who you know. Or being able to read the Bible all the way through. You can do all those things, but... Until you love Jesus and put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and let Him guide you and direct you and become Lord of your life, there, there's no way to be able to go to heaven because you never really give your life to Him. If you just got an intellectual knowledge of Him or you think, I do so many good things and God will be proud of me, the Bible says that we as Christians, we got to lay hold of God's grace by faith and then by having that relationship with Christ, the natural byproduct of that is loving people and doing good works because we love the Lord. We don't do it for our own self gain or to lift ourselves up before the eyes of God. We do it because we just love the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, that, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, least any should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So all of us knows down deep who are believers 
that really our truly our life is not our own that we have been bought by a price that we have in our heart said we don't want to be the lead of our life or the leader of our life we want to be able to be led by the Lord and be directed by the Holy Spirit and that we understand the safest place to be is in the presence of the living Lord and let him God direct us that's why I believe Psalms 23 holds so much weight in our hearts because it talks about being led by a good shepherd Psalms 23 says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I wanted to share that with you because it just remind, reminded me today when I did the funeral that when you're a, a person who really loves the Lord, it's easy to preach your funeral and celebrate your life well lived because you are a reflection of Jesus Christ. And that we as saints or those that are in the Lord, we can leave a legacy and we are called to follow and love him. And I'm thankful that Geneva Webb did that with her life. Now, you're going to see just now, just a few more moments from time, we're going to have an interview with Eddie Gilbert. He's going to share his life and his journey with the Lord. And you can glean how the Lord's been with him and near to him and helped him out. He's got a wonderful testimony how Vacation Bible School helped become kind of a catalyst why he became a believer in Jesus Christ. So I hope you enjoy this interview. I did. So... Uh, we're going to let Eddie talk to us now. Well, Eddie, thanks for joining me tonight and being part of this uh, series on different people sharing their faith in Christ. I'm really thankful you said yes and came in and let me record you. And let's just get started. So let me ask you this first question. How did you become a believer? I've been in church all my life. Even before I knew I was in church, I found recently where I was enrolled in the cradle roll in 1944, 1945. And, uh, of course, my parents were Christians and was raised in the church. And one year during Bible school, things got to happening. Went home, talked to my grandmother about it. Then all at once, that was it. I knew something was happening. I went home, I had a dream. It was, a, it, and I dreamed about joining the church, about the pastor coming out and talking to me. I was out running around after church playing, and he'd come over and talk to me. And I accepted the Christ. I woke up and looked around and I was in bed. I got up and went to church the next day and I was out playing, the pastor called me. I went over and we talked and I told him that I accepted Christ as my Savior. Ten years old, baptized with two friends and was baptized on Eastern Sunday in 1954. Well, that's an incredible testimony how a vacation Bible school can really make a difference into yeah. a child's life. and. I've been hearing a lot of great testimony from different people in our church the last few weeks and about how different things from bus ministry to VBS. So, you know, the Bible says we should not get tired of doing good because you never know what one act of kindness will change a person's life. Well, let me ask you, since you became a believer, how have you sensed the Lord working in your life since you've been a believer? He's had to be pretty patient with me because when you first accept Christ as your Savior, you're all in, and then as you get a little older, you've, you're pulled. 
and sometimes you don't do always as you should. And uh, I had some very patient teachers. I had parents who prayed and other people in my family and in my church that supported me even when I was in college and messing around doing some things I shouldn't do. But they tried and they prayed and uh, I did what I was supposed to one day. Hmm. I said, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me. When you really saw the Lord in your life and you asked the Lord to forgive you, can you say with confidence the Lord's always been with you, never left you, nor forsaken you? Oh, no, no. The fact is there's been so many things I look back and I say, how did I get through that? When Wilma was first diagnosed and, and uh, I said, Lord, if somebody has to go, let it be me. And I said, now, if you, have to, if you need her more than I do, that's fine. I'd pray going to school every morning. But I said, I will accept whatever you have out there because it, if it's not your will, it won't work. And I prayed this every single morning, almost the same thing. And she got a transplant in 91, and it worked mm. until the day that she died. And, uh, and I, I said the same thing again with uh, Darren. I said, Lord, but he wouldn't take me. Mm. But he, he allowed me to give Darren a kidney. Mm. And then Greg came along. I, fact is, I asked the uh, doctors at UT, I said, Greg will probably need a kidney because we had Alport syndrome inherited through the mother's side. And uh, I said, if you will take my other kidney, I, uh, I would like to go ahead and give my other son a kidney now because we know it will match and it will be that. He said, we can't do that. I said, well, yeah, you can. I said, you can have what's left over <laughs> and give it to somebody. But they would not do that. Mm. And then, of course, we've got, uh, Greg needs a kidney now, but we've been through that. And, you know, it's, it's always there. Mm. And, and when it seems like that you don't think about something, somebody will pat you on the back. Mm. So what you're saying is the Lord has been faithful to you, even the tough times? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be here. I mean, I mean, you just can't survive things like that. We're not strong. I'm not strong enough. Can't answer for other people, but I don't see how people can accept life as it is and see how lucky we have been or fortunate we have been mm. without, without, without His Spirit and His praise and His support. Amen. So I guess that gets me to one of my other questions today, and I always ask this a lot of times when I interview people and let them share their faith: is Can you? Talk about one particular time when you really felt the Lord being near to you, when you really felt like you didn't have the strength to make it, besides what you've already shared with us. Uh, all those times when my parents were sick, both of them passed away with three and a half weeks of each other. Mm. Both were believers, strong Christian people, and it wasn't much fun, but we got through it. Uh, when uh, Wilma's mother was on dialysis and she moved in with us and Wilma would hook her up to do her dialysis at home. And we had two boys in school, but you know, he was always there. And you look back and you think, I can't do that now, but you can if the Lord is with you. Mm. Been some tough times. You've been through a lot. And what I really was always very appreciative of you, Eddie, is your faithfulness and your love for your family. I know that you've been through a tough time with Wilma passing, but you were very faithful to her and you loved her and you took care of her and you really kept your vows that you made a long time ago, you know, for better, for worse, to sickness and health, to death to his part. And I want to tell you as your pastor, 
I appreciated that. Um, and I think that's a testimony for all of us to follow in our own lives as well. Last question. I, I forgot to tell you about this one, but I usually ask this question. If you can give one piece of advice to anyone about your relationship with Christ, one, one spiritual knowledge or nugget that you would say to anybody to make them stronger in their faith, what would it be? Pray before you do make any decision. I don't, uh, anytime I've not gone ahead and jumped into something, I've messed up. Sometimes it can be a little bitty thing or sometimes it can be major. But you will see the answer. You may not see it then. It may happen later, but you will see the result. Thank you, Eddie, for your testimony, for sharing a little bit about your heart today. I thank you so much. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that. I sure did. I enjoyed Eddie taking the time to share with me his heart. And he's another one of those great people that serves us here at Everett Hills Baptist Church. I'm so thankful for the time he gave us today. I hope you'll be encouraged. There's a lot of things going on around our church right now. They're, they're building the retaining wall the last few weeks, and so that'll be finished up hopefully about a week from now. Uh, and also they're working on some things on the other side of our church, trying to help get things prepared for our painting and uh, also our basically painting the church and sealing up things, getting rid of the rust around the church building as well. So we're going to be asking church. We're getting most of that stuff done outside that needs to be done to help our church be ready for the future. But so we need some help in trying to finish some of that off. So we this painting and basically sealing the church and helping get the rust off that project right now. Getting the, everything in the outside painted. Every piece of metal, every piece of brick, every piece of stucco, everything you see outside freshly painted and sealed and ready for the future. It's going to cost us around 60400 We had a little bit of money left over from the first fundraiser we had. We'll be putting towards that. But if God leads you in your heart to help out, raise the money for that to be able to pay for that painting we hope to get it done at the end of may so if god leads on your heart to do that we appreciate that we also had a great meeting on our bus mini, uh, bus ministry that we're trying to kick off in the next few months uh, a lot of incredible people showed up you'll hear more about that from me in the next few uh, days about how i really want to reach children there's a lot of churches have a lot of good programs out there for other uh, children but not really too many of are specifically looking at and trying to reach those children in maybe situations where mom and dad can't bring them. And we really want to get them here and show them the love of Christ. And I'm going to ask you as a church family, all hands on deck. We really want to make Wednesday nights a time that we're all pitching together, really loving on children and youth and middle schoolers and letting them know that Christ loves them. So be in prayer for that. So let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, dear Lord, that you are a gracious God. We ask you, Lord, to help us continue to do ministries here in our church. Let us be able to work together for your cause and for your kingdom as we have our food ministries, our prayer ministries, and we're sending people out to share Jesus. Dear Lord, help us also when it comes to this bus ministry that people respond to work. And dear Lord, you give us the right places to go in to engage young children and youth and group 567 middle schoolers for the cause of Christ. Father, we thank you, dear Lord. We ask your blessings on us raising the money to be able to pay for the paint and the sealants and all the stuff we need to make the outside of this church ready for the future. Father, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. I love you as your pastor. Go in peace.